Welcome to Your Unconscious is Showing, a no BS podcast platform created to discuss the underlying truths beneath our daily lives and what and who we think we are. Today's episode is on the process of reparenting, using Maslow's hierarchy of needs when reflecting on areas of our lives that we could and quite likely should reparent ourselves. Reparenting is where we look at all aspects of our lives and determine how we're not really taking care of ourselves as we may want or need to, and instead may be living our lives as we were taught, consciously or unconsciously, by our parents, caregivers, and adolescent environments. I also discuss what it means to reparent ourselves when it comes to how we should view our parents and ourselves as parents throughout the process. And big news, you guys, I just finished filming my first episode with an incredible guest, and we talked about all things regarding the unconscious and our global mental health pandemic. She's amazing and is setting off this podcast being a place for you to hear so many different perspectives on the unconscious mind and how it works for and against us in so many different ways. So stay tuned. Don't forget to share this episode if it helps you in any way by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media, tagging both your unconscious is showing and me at the period truth period doctor. Now let's get to the episode. The more people who hear these truth messages, the more the world is getting better a little at a time. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Your Unconscious is Showing. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as The Truth Doctor. And today I am filming episode nine and I would like to talk to you guys about reparenting. Now, a lot of you guys know that I am on TikTok and my handle is the period truth period doctor and I just reached an amazing milestone on there. 1 million followers on TikTok. I just actually went over 50,000 also on Instagram, and it is definitely more difficult to get people, to kind of get your message out to people on Instagram versus on TikTok. But I wanted to just acknowledge you if you are a listener to my podcast and you follow me on social media, thank you for letting me know that my words resonate with you whether it's through TikTok, through Instagram, through watching my podcast episodes on YouTube, or from simply listening to my podcasts on whatever platform it is that you listen to them on. I am just so grateful for your openness to the way that I describe my take on mental health and the world and you and me and us. Um, I really am trying to help people and reparenting is a huge part of that. One of my first series on TikTok, which uh, this series is also on YouTube now in a full compilation if you'd like to access it there, was on reparenting. It was a 30-day series of how to essentially reparent yourself, what that meant, areas of your life to look into and I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about that today because in these videos they were very um, task oriented. They went specifically into the task for the day so what to journal on, what to think about but I didn't, I, I never got the opportunity to really talk about what I feel about reparenting and some of the additional aspects when it comes to reparenting in terms of how it can make you feel and how it may make your parents feel and how and the process of it sort of what is it like to go through the process of reparenting so that's what this episode is going to be on today i also just wanted to recap and say that 
There have been so many listeners to all of the past eight episodes. And if this is the first episode that you're listening to on Your Unconscious is Showing, then I'm really glad that you're here. I hope that you enjoy this episode. And please do go and listen to the last eight episodes because I talk about developmental trauma, expectations of ourselves and others, self-criticism and criticism of others and people putting criticism onto us and anxiety and the subconscious mind and physical assault, including a personal experience that I had myself. And so I'm really diving deep in here. And this episode is very important to me because it really, you know, my journey of healing included so much reparenting and when I say that, it feels like some of you may initially perceive my life as something that, you know, where I had this horrible childhood and these horrible parents where I needed to fully reparent myself. And, and that may be the case for some of you listening to this episode, um, and it may not be. And, and I'm excited to sort of share with you guys what my process of reparenting looked like and some areas in my life where I didn't feel like I needed to reparent. And that's something that you can learn along the journey of reparenting also is even if you may have, even if you may feel like, even if you may feel like you're going to need to change every area of your life when it comes to reparenting yourself, you may learn that there are some areas where your parents actually did a good job and maybe that will make you feel good. And you know, the process of reparenting can make you feel bad or it can make you feel good or it can make you feel neutral so what is the process of reparenting to begin with the process of reparenting is diving deep inward and looking at all of the aspects of your life as a human being that were affected by your childhood and by your parenting now spoiler alert it's all of them every area of our life is affected in some way by how we were parented and our current relationship with our parents and how our current relationship with our parents and how we were parented allowed us to develop a personality, behaviors, habits, perspectives, beliefs, um, the ability to take care of ourselves, the ability to take care of other people. All of these things are so vital. And when I was going through the reparenting series on TikTok, which again is now on YouTube if you want to access it, is I looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the reason why I always enjoy using this as a reference is because I do feel like it breaks down really well in my mind. And of course, you can have your own interpretation of it depending upon if you're working with a client or yourself or just looking into the process of reparenting or the hierarchy of needs in general. Um, but it really feels all-encompassing to me. And so I want to address exactly how I moved through that process for myself as an individual to allow you to have perspective on what this process of reparenting may look like for you, especially if you're going to utilize my 30-day series of reparenting. First, let me tell you a little bit about my childhood. It may help you guys to get a better idea of where I'm coming from and why I think that reparenting is such an important thing to discuss. You know, it's not a psychological term, reparenting. It's not something, you know, you wouldn't typically go to a therapist and say, I want to work on reparenting myself. You know, it's like, I want to work on my anxiety. I want to work on the fact that I don't really know how to take care of myself physiologically or nutritionally. And, and that is reparenting if for some reason 
those aspects and those areas of your life have been contributed to by your again your relationship with your parents or how you were actually parented in your childhood so a little bit about me I grew up in a low-income, mixed ethnicity household. I grew up with my grandmother, my grandfather, my mom, um, my brother, my younger brother, and then my uncle, who is mentally disabled. And we lived in a four-bedroom house, one story, and it was not uh, well-maintained. You know, as I got older, the house got less and less well-maintained. And for me, that was a really big deal because I, because my environment uh, was perceived to be just as difficult to take care of as my own body and my own emotions were. So, you know, the house had the whole carpets were just covered in fleas and ants were always everywhere and spiders were everywhere and the grass and the grass wasn't well maintained and the roof leaked. And there were always different family members moving in and out of my house where we would have, you know, my mom and my brother and I would all have to share a room or me and my brother would share a room or me and my mom would share a room. And this went all the way up until I was maybe 13. And then there was a point where my mom was sleeping on the couch in my grandparents' house so that my brother and I could have our own room. And then eventually my brother and my mom ended up sharing a room because I got really rebellious and refused to not have my own room. And it was very complicated. Now, my dad was in and out of my life all the way up and until I had moved out of my grandparents' house and you know moved away for college with my then high school boyfriend. So my dad was in and out of my life. He did a lot of drugs, um, drank a lot of alcohol, got in legal issues, moved to a bunch of different places around the country. Um, and so that is that, that was the family dynamic of me growing up. Um, I don't recall experiencing a lot of joyful moments with my family, really in terms of like holidays or birthdays. You know, I, I, I can't think of one time where my family got together, you know, my mom, me and, and my brother and had like a sit down dinner that my mom had made for us and where we actually conversed about things that were going on in our lives and what our dreams and aspirations were. And so, you know, I just think that those things are important for you to know. Money was always an issue. Um, I moved around to a bunch of different schools. Um, and, and it was just always, an, there was just always issues. There was always financial issues, environmental issues, housing issues. Um, my, my grandfather drank a lot of alcohol and had a lot of anger issues. And my grandma was really submissive. And my mom was relatively young. She had me when she was 19 or 20 years old. And she was very emotionally stunted because she had me. And then she had my brother with um, another man. And she, and, and then, you know, when she was 27 years old, she had two kids and she was divorced. Um, she never ended up marrying my father. They did not stay together very shortly after I was born. So I just had a lot of experiences in my childhood that taught me a lot about things that I didn't want to have happen in my adulthood and things that I wanted for my children, you know, that I didn't get when I was a child. And I know that it may not sound like that was that difficult of a childhood, but there's a lot of things that I'm leaving out that I just don't think are necessary to share on this episode, but that I may share if I at some point do an episode just about me and how I got to where I'm at today. So 
One thing that I did realize throughout my childhood that I always got permission to do, and it, this was maybe, maybe I got a little bit too much permission to do this, was I was always given permission to be myself in an emotional way. So I could be angry, I could be happy, I could be sad, I, had, I could have my own preferences of music that I like to listen to and things that I liked to do. And, you know, I was always given permission to do that. My mother was always someone that allowed me the freedom to express myself. Now, my environment and the resources that I had were very limited. So could I have hung out with anyone that I wanted to? Yes. Did anyone want to hang out with me? No. Could I have worn anything that I wanted to wear and not be judged by it by my mother and my father? Yes. Did we have access to buying anything that I wanted to wear or sometimes buying anything that I wanted to wear? No. Money was an issue all of the time. So, and, and could I have eaten really healthy? Yeah, but we didn't have the money to. And so, and, and meals weren't made for me. And so I raised myself in terms of my physiology. I wasn't taught to brush my teeth regularly, to shower regularly, to eat healthy, to get a good night's sleep, to drink enough water. I wasn't taught any of those things. And that's actually the first tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we're gonna talk about. I was, however, given permission to be me. Um, I didn't have the resources necessarily to be myself, but you know, and that wasn't always necessarily a good thing. Like, it was because I didn't get that much attention. Like, my emotions weren't really considered when I was a child or when I was a teenager. They weren't really considered. Like, I wasn't really, I kind of just went to school, came home from school, sat in front of the TV, ate a bunch of bowls of cereal, judged myself, had low self-esteem, experienced a lot of things in my environment that were very degrading and difficult. Then I would go to sleep, wake up, and do it all over again. There wasn't really a sense of love and connection and unity in my household and so that's kind of where I realized that I needed to reparent myself because there was a lot of shit that I didn't learn that I needed to know as an adult you know and I really excuse my language even though I know that this is an explicit podcast I fucked around a lot in my childhood my teenage years my young adulthood where I was not taking care of myself I just wasn't and a lot of that was because of the things that I didn't learn in my childhood that I can I continued these habitual patterns of these conditioned habitual patterns of things that were important or things that weren't important and the way that I was going to take care of myself so that's why reparenting is important because I would not be here making this episode for you if I had not reparented myself in some way. I also want you to know that I know how and why, when, and all of, you know, the majority of the details of why my household was the way that it was, why my childhood was the way that it was, why my parents are the way that they are. So, you know, a lot of people ask before we actually get into this reparenting for the next 35 five minutes or so is that they ask well what is this going to be like for me like how am I going to still face my parents what are my parents going to think about if I say that I'm reparenting myself and the thing is is if after you go through the process of it you hopefully like I said you'll see ways where your parents did show up for you And maybe you just don't know how to identify areas where they did show up for you. And perhaps they didn't show up for you in any of these areas. And and if that's the case, then I'm sorry. Hopefully your parents will understand that reparenting yourself is you taking care of yourself. And that that's absolutely necessary. If someone didn't teach you how to take care of yourself, you have to teach yourself how to take care of yourself. 
your life will be shorter. Your mind will be crazier. Your body will be more tense and less taken care of. It just will be. And, and, and you don't want to live a life like that. And so the, the process of reparenting when it comes to the hierarchy of needs is taking a look at each of these five areas and then realizing what were the patterns that you carried from your childhood or that you were taught from your childhood or that you developed as a result of your childhood that you no longer want to keep? And what are some that you do? And, and how does what your childhood was like show up in your life today and that's super important and i'm going to give you guys examples for all of the five tiers of maslow's hierarchy of needs so let's start let's just get to it reparenting is the process where you learn about what you need as a human being areas where you are deficient and then you find ways to fulfill those needs and the needs are dependent upon one another typically if you do not have the lower levels of the hierarchy fulfilled then you will not be as successful in the higher levels however they can be mixed up and reorganized in terms of your priorities and what's coming up for you in the moment and we'll get into that as well now the hierarchy of human needs created by maslow who was a psychologist the purpose of it is to say these are the things that we need to survive in life now the bottom tier is our physiological needs these are things where if we don't have these things met if we don't do these things in an efficient way then our life is going to be dramatically affected now of course in my perspective all of the tiers on the hierarchy of needs is going are going to cause our life to be dramatically affected but physiological needs if we don't meet those needs we can die and so here's what those needs are they are water sleep food sex to a degree and shelter you know as i'm going through this hierarchy of needs i'm going to give you examples from my own life just so you it'll make it easier for you to be able to apply it to yours. So when it comes to drinking water, we should drink a certain amount of water a day. It's good for our brain, it's good for our body, it's good for our emotions, it's good for lots of things. Our body needs water. A very high percentage of both our brain and every other area of our body is composed and comprised of water. So when we are dehydrated and we are deficient in water, then we're not functioning at our best. And so hopefully when you were being parented, you were taught that it's important to drink water and given the resources of how to remember to drink water and given information about why it's so important to drink water. And, and if you weren't taught those things and if your environment or your caregivers or your parents did not emulate what it was that they were teaching you, then you may be someone today that does not drink enough water and that has difficulty even trying to drink enough water. For me today, I've drank two glasses of water, but I honestly haven't been able to make it past one or two glasses of water. And sometimes they say eight glasses of water is what you need a day. Now, I can't think of anyone in my family when I was growing up that drank water and talked about the importance of drinking water when I know today that that is so incredibly, incredibly important. But, but because of how many years I went through my life not drinking it, it's still hard to this day to drink enough water that my body and my brain and my emotions and my thoughts need. So water is super important. When you are going through the process of reparenting, you need to take a look at do I drink enough water? And who gave me the perspective on whether or not water was important or was there nobody that did that? And what do I want my water intake to look like? And then you come up with a way to 
get yourself to the place that you want to be so you can be healthy. Food is another one. We need food and water to survive. So food, what were the habits that you saw and mirrored and were taught by your family as you were being parented in your childhood? Were you taught to eat healthy? Um, were you taught to eat unhealthy? Was there a balance? Did you have meals together? What is your purpose? What's the purpose of food for you? Are you? Do you have an aversion to food? Do you have an attachment to food? And where did those come from? You know, low self-esteem and body image and all of those things can be tied to food. We can have such a strange relationship with food when it comes to how we were parented and what our childhood actually looked like. And so when we're reparenting ourselves, we have to take a look and we have to say, what is my relationship with food? How do I actually want to eat? What behaviors are coming from my childhood, from my parents or lack thereof that I want to change or that I want to keep? And so food and water are two very important things in the physiological Hierarchy of needs, the bottom tier from Maslow's hierarchy of human needs is food and water. Now, shelter is really important too. Depending upon our environment, depending upon where we live in the world, we need to have a roof over our head. It also contributes to safety, but that's the next tier up, which we'll address. But in general, we need shelter. And, and you know, what, what we mean by that on a physiological level is we need to be sheltered from danger. We need to be sheltered from from dangerous environments and from you know the natural world if it's a place that could you know make us lose our life for example we need shelter we need shelter and so what did shelter look like for you did you always have a roof over your head were you always capable of coming home did it feel like you had a home how do you take care of your home today um, do you keep it up is it tidy is it clean is it neat is it a is it a disaster and those are things that are really important to consider because when I, when I was growing up, the house was usually not clean. The rooms were always a disaster. There was always a bunch of random stuff. I was not a clean person. Neither was my, neither was most of my family for the most part. You know, I wasn't, I never really went to my grandparents' bedroom. I don't know too much about what that looked like a lot, me growing up, but the, 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 the sanitation of my environment was so poor and I will never forget it. And today I have to wrestle with in my head knowing that when my environment is a certain way and when my environment is out of control, I like literally lose my shit sometimes. But the problem is, and not, not I don't get angry, I get anxious and I think that that's super important to talk about because even for me, just like with water, just like with eating healthy, which is still a fucking concern for me, like I just drank two glasses of water, had eggs and a banana this morning, and I'm telling you that I just started like developing those habits and they can be really hard to, to do and to hold on to. And so I just, it's so important to take a look at these patterns because even for me, it's hard for me to put my laundry away and it's hard for me to make my bed and it's hard for me to pick things up and not want to just allow myself to have my house be a mess because honestly, sometimes you guys, the patterns from our childhood are way more comfortable, even if they're unhealthy, than our new adult patterns. Sometimes we're so used to being in chaos and unsanitary environments and and, and having explosive emotions around us that that becomes what's comfortable. 
And it can be really difficult to try to step out of that and to break these habits and these patterns and these things that we've observed and these things that we've been taught covertly or overtly about how to take care of ourselves and how to live our lives. So it's still difficult for me to clean my fucking house when I know that for my own sanity, I would like a clean house. So it's something that you're going to need to look into. You have to look into how was your shelter taken care of? How stable was your shelter? And what does that look like today? Where are the patterns coming from my childhood into my adulthood? And then what do I want to do about it? So food, water, shelter. Now, sex is one that I don't usually talk about. It is important. And, you know, this is just on the basis of human needs when it comes to sex. It's like we need to, in some form, procreate. Now, science has helped a lot um, with non-heterosexual couples that now we can procreate in so many different ways. I even have to do in vitro fertilization for me and my husband in order, you know, that's what we did to have our toddler who's turning two years old tomorrow. And that's what we're going to do for the rest of our children as well. So science helps a lot in this area, but we still need sex to a degree in order to procreate. So that's sort of what that means. Now, when it comes to sex, I haven't, I didn't actually talk about this in my reparenting 30-day series, but I do think that it is important to talk about. What I want you to consider is what were you taught about it when you were in when you were a child? What were you taught about it? How exposed were you to anything when it comes to sex? Because that's really important too. And I have some situations in my life that I don't want to talk about but I I, from when I was a child or you know growing up into my early teen years and 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 it, it definitely affected it affected the way that I had boundaries for my own body the way that I you know jumped into being sexualized when I was a teenager like all of those things matter and they're important and so I'm going to bring that up in this area bring sex up in this area and I want you to think about it what was it that you were taught? What patterns and habits were were you mirroring or were you experiencing or observing at that time that is now carried over into your adulthood? And what do you want your relationship with sex to be? So think about these things. Shelter, water, food, sex, and then sleep. Sleep is so important for us. It is restorative. It is relaxing it just gives us an opportunity to integrate everything that we've experienced in our life that day sleep hygiene is a real thing so think about that what were you taught about sleep were you taught that it was healthy were you given permission to go to sleep were you interrupted in your sleep were you punished for sleeping at the inappropriate times especially if you had like a mental health disorder of anxiety or depression or trauma and and you needed to rest more than was determined that you should be able to rest from a lack of education of what mental health really is from people in your environment it's like how did your parents sleep did they have normal sleep hygiene and and so i i just all of these physiological needs when it comes to maslow's hierarchy of needs when it comes to reparenting yourself what you're doing is you're taking a look at these physiological needs and you're saying what is my relationship with food with water with sleep with sex and with shelter what did it look like when i was a child what did my parents teach me consciously or unconsciously about these areas how is all of this showing up in my life as an adult today or as a late teenager today what do i like about it and what do i not like about it 
you know that's the first thing that i would say that people take a look at because once you start to improve how your body and your life is on a physiological level you will see a dramatic improvement in probably every area of your life in one way or another now the second tier when it comes to maslow's hierarchy of needs is security and safety now this is one that's super important Uh, some of the things relate to the bottom tier of physiological needs but these are more so things like stability okay so like financial stability housing stability um, employment stability your ability to be safe in your environment like your community safety things of that nature and so those are really important things to think about as well and so that's one thing that I want you guys to consider just and just in whole is what was your experience of feeling like you were gonna always be able to have food on the table What was your experience of feeling like you were always going to be able to get new clothes when the clothes that you were wearing previously were wearing out? What was your experience of your parents having a stable job? What was your experience of feeling like you had a home that you could get used to that could become familiar? Where, you know, did you feel safe in your home? Did you feel safe outside of your home? Did you feel safe in society? Did you feel safe with the government, with the police, with your parents, with your siblings, with with your neighbors? And did you feel like you could be yourself emotionally? Did you feel emotionally safe? Those are the things that I want you to think about when you're going through this process of reparenting and you're trying to figure out Okay, I've realized that I need to address my physiological needs. Now, do I feel safe to be able to engage in those habits? Do I feel safe that I have the resources that I need to make sure that I can take care of myself physiologically, to make sure that I can take care of the people around me physiologically? What, is, what are the emotions that are attached to everything that I've already said? What has come up for you so far in terms of safety, stability, security, and really being taken care of, having your body be taken care of the way that it needs to for you to survive, and having your emotions and your awareness be taken care of enough where you can feel like you can wake up in the morning and not be scared for the emotions that are gonna come your way, that you guys aren't gonna have food on the table, that you're gonna be moving again, that you're worried that you're gonna have to be moving again or that your parents lost their job and so on and so on. These things are so important to think about. And this is the process of reparenting. It's not going through and looking at all of these areas and saying, fuck you to your parents even though maybe that's something that would happen. That's not the intention. The intention is not to call out your parents for things that they did wrong. That is a completely different process. What reparenting is, is it is work for you. It is space and time and energy dedicated to looking at how you can take care of yourself and how that inner child is still there going through these habitual and conditioned patterns of care for yourself. It is you being your own parent. It's not you necessarily judging your parents. It's just you being your own parent. It's you deciding. It's you saying, I know how I want to take care of myself now. 
I know how I want to live my life as an adult. I know how I want to take care of my body. I know how much stability I want to have in my life. That's what these two bottom tiers of the hierarchy of needs are about. They are about providing yourself nutrition, providing yourself sleep, water, food, sex, security, safety, stability. Look in these areas. It's so important for you to look in these areas. Now, it makes sense that the bottom tier is our physiological needs because we need those to be alive. And it makes sense that that the next tier up is security and safety because we need to know that there's going to be some stability in us with a roof over our head and some stability with money coming in in whatever way so that we can address our physiological needs. Now, those are the bottom two. The third tier up is love and belonging. This is so important. Now, I'm on TikTok, which I already mentioned and which most of you know. A lot of my content there is their videos that can come off like I think parents are the demons of the world, but they're not. I don't think that. And sometimes parents will comment and say that that's how they feel like I'm perceiving parents, but that's not the case. What these videos do on TikTok is they validate children and children's experiences. And that is extremely important, okay? A lot of the times I see comments from children on social media, on my content specifically, that say things like, my mom was never there for me emotionally. She said that her only job was to put food on the table and a roof over my head. Now I am telling you, if you are a parent and you are listening to this, that is not your only job. Honestly, you're probably not that type of parent or else, because I don't think that those types of parents are listening to my podcast because I don't think that it's in their awareness or their consciousness that like listening to a podcast like this is fucking important, but it is really important. So I just, I want you to know if you are a parent that knows that love and belonging is important, thank you. If you are a soon-to-be parent, if you want to be a parent in the future, this is very important. Everything I'm talking about is extremely important for you and the way that you are going to care for your child throughout their entire life. So we address physiological needs, we address safety, security, and stability, and then we look at love and belonging. Love and belonging is so important. First of all, self-love is super important. Now that is a that's a fluffy word, you know? A lot of people will perceive self-love as a fluffy word, but it's really damn important. I want you to think, what do you remember about your parents showing themselves love? What do you remember? Self-love is boundaries. Self-love is taking care of yourself. Self-love is providing yourself pleasure and joy and you know having fun all of those things are included in self-love acceptance acceptance of who you really are and what you sound like and what you look like and what you enjoy it's all important so for me i i wasn't shown self-love when it came from my parents when it came from my mom specifically because she had a really hard time with her self-worth she has she has a really hard time loving herself she doesn't have a hard time loving other people now she has boundary concerns and and she gives more than 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 she gets in return and then that causes her to have all of these emotions and difficulties and struggles and and low self-esteem um but so i wasn't i wasn't shown self-love 
you know, I was shown very complicated intrapersonal, which means complicated on the inside and interpersonal, which means complicated between two things or two people. I, it was very complicated and it was very chaotic and it, it was very depressing. A lot of the things that I experienced when it come, came to love and belonging. My family is a great family unit. I think we act like a family, but we are a very dysfunctional family and we don't talk about a lot of the things that we should be talking about on a spiritual level, conscious level, honesty level. A lot of those things just don't exist. Love and belonging is important, so I want you to think about it. How was self-love expressed and shown and experienced in your childhood? Now, examples of self-love being shown in a positive way would be your mom giving herself a bubble bath or writing and journaling. It could be your father owning up to when he got angry and not wanting to do that and, and, and accepting his emotions and wanting to move forward in terms of changing them. Those things are important. Self-acceptance. How much did you see self-acceptance from your parents in your childhood? And then I want you to think about how you perceive yourself and how you love yourself. Do you treat yourself the way that your parents treated themselves? So think about that. Next, I want you to think about how you were provided love. How were you provided love in your childhood? And then how do you provide love today? How do you provide love to others? What does that look like? So many times our relationship with our parents becomes what we look for in a partner, whether or not that's healthy. You know, in the intro, in the Meet the Doctor of my Truth Seekers courses, I talk about how, you know, so I've been with my husband for over 15 years. I met him when I was 14 years old. And this man, boy then, was the exact replication of my parents. And I obviously did not realize this then, but basically he gave so much love and really didn't expect much in return, and that's my mom. And then he did a lot of drugs and was super crazy. And that's my dad. And I attached like crazy to this guy. And then I also pushed him the fuck away. A lot. For like 10 years, you know? I think we've been the most stable in our relationship for the last five. But it's I'm bringing this up because you need to look at your current relationships your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others and how it looks like your relationship that your parents had with you and that your parents had with themselves internally and perhaps what your caregivers or your parents had with one another. What were you taught about love and what were you taught about self-love? And belonging is also very important here. We, like always, like I always say, we are connective beings. So we also want to be a part of a community and we want to be a part of a club or a team or a family or a couple or whatever it is. We want to connect. We want to connect. And so how much were you given permission to connect? Were the boundaries between you and your parents so rigid that you didn't feel like you really belonged in your family or that your parents really wanted you? Or, you know, think about those things. Were the boundaries around your family so rigid that you never really got to go out into your community or you had to hold so many secrets within your family that or within yourself 
that you didn't feel like anybody really knew you or anybody really knew your family? Did you have the resources to engage in sports or engage in hobbies? Did you have the resources to go on vacations with your friends or bring your friends on vacation with you? Love and belonging is so important. It makes me emotional to start to think about it because this really gets missed, you guys. Like when parents are raising their children, a lot of the time they don't see that love and belonging is so extremely vital. We want to be validated. We want to be mirrored. We want to experience empathy and connection and authenticity and vulnerability. And we really don't a lot of the time. And it's not only traumatic to have issues with your physiological needs at the bottom of your human hierarchy of needs, and it's not only traumatic for you to experience instability and insecurity and and a lack of safety when you're growing up, but it is also extremely traumatic to experience emotional neglect or emotional abuse, or to watch emotional neglect or emotional abuse, to not feel loved is very traumatizing to not feel loved is very traumatizing we want to connect with other people there are specific aspects in our brain you guys just to connect with other human beings just to recognize faces you know and of course that can be because of safety also and to understand people's emotions but it's because there are other people in our environment we are wired to connect with people and when our parents shut off connection it really alters our ability to connect with other people and our ability to connect with ourselves if we are told that our emotions are wrong if we are told that our emotions are invalid if we are told that our emotions don't matter then perhaps we are now adults where we feel that or think that and we don't even realize it so i want you to please think about it and do some analysis of What does love and belonging mean to you today? And what did it mean to you then? Where is the connection? What do you want to keep and what do you want to change? Now the next tier up is self-esteem. Well, it's esteem in general. And there's two different types of esteem. There's the esteem that we get from others, like having our achievements acknowledged, having people tell us that they're proud of us, being recognized for our successes. And then there's also our own self-esteem. Do we appreciate who we really are? Do we accept ourselves for who we really are? And that can go missed a lot of the times, you know? We can think when it comes to self-esteem, and and it depends. A lot of the times it comes from our childhood, you guys. That's why we're having this episode right now. We can either have low self-esteem and get a lot of esteem from other people, Or we can have a lot of self-esteem and then get no acknowledgement from other people. Or they can both be low or they can both be high. The ideal situation is that when you were being parented, you were taught about self-esteem. You were taught how to validate yourself and accept yourself and acknowledge the good parts that you enjoy about yourself and accentuate those parts so that you felt proud of yourself. And hopefully your environment and your parents and your caregivers and your community made you feel special, made you feel honored, remembered important things about you, and, and, that, and, and that you felt important in yourself and from your parents and from your family. A lot of the times that doesn't happen. A lot of the times 
children and teenagers can have low self-esteem that can go completely missed by their parents. And, and a lot of the times the esteem could be built up with permission to talk about your emotions and permission to talk about how you're comparing yourself to other people when you're a teenager because God knows that that happens. But a lot of the times there isn't an open emotional conversation that parents have with children. And so children are left with trying to figure all of this out on our own or trying to figure it out with peers. And the peers are trying to figure it out on their own too because a lot of families don't talk about this kind of stuff. And the peers can backlash or bully and then that causes us to have even lower self-esteem and then we're not being acknowledged in ourselves and we're not being acknowledged in our environment and we're not being acknowledged at our home and and then we become adults and our esteem is just so confusing it's confusing that you know we feel like we're not allowed to give ourselves permission to be happy or to be proud or people will put us down for being too happy and too proud because they were shunned for that when they were younger or they never got permission to have that experience. And so they're resentful for people that can feel happy and can feel like they have high self-esteem. And then there's people who will seek, they'll seek validation from the external world to make up for the external validation that they lacked in their childhood. We need esteem on both levels and we have to take a look at the patterns that are there. That's that's the reparenting aspect of this. It's what did it look like in my childhood? What did my parents teach me as my parents or my caregivers? What did they teach me? What did I learn? Not even like, it's like, what did they teach me and what did I learn? Because you learn a lot, you know, um, in, in your, you learn a lot covertly in your environment. There's, you learn a lot more than what's being said. And you learn a lot more than what's being specifically shown to you. We are major observers of our environment. And especially growing up, you know, when we get older, we can learn how to shut that off and learn how to not observe ourselves and not observe the environment and just sort of detach. But prior to the detachment, things happened that led us to want to detach. And we have to figure out what are those things? How are they showing up today? And what do I want to change about that? You know, and these are all things that you can work on. You can work on them with your partner. You can work on them with yourself. If you have any mental health issues, you can work on them with a doctor or a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And you can say, I did Dr. Tracy's reparenting course that I'm going to come out with an actual course, but you know, the 30 day series that I have on YouTube, I did that and I realized that these are all the areas that I would like to change and I want to figure out where the blocks are. I want to figure out how to change my patterns. I want to figure out how to look at my thoughts and my emotions that are attached to all of these areas of my life that are becoming detrimental to me as a human and the things that I actually need. Now the top tier is self-actualization and that includes awareness and consciousness and creativity and authenticity and and connection with nature and, and connection with, with something greater than yourself and reaching your full potential and becoming the best you and doing something that you want to do with your life that really changes other people and gives you the sense that you are going to have impacted the world in a positive way. Now, as I'm starting to say this aspect of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and of reparenting, I'm getting really emotional because like I'm sitting here today with you guys and I feel like I truly, truly am on the journey of self-actualization and self-realization, which is 
who is it that I really am outside of the lack of parenting that I got and the trauma and the traumatic experiences that I've had in my life like if you're listening to this and you're watching this I, I just I really want to give you permission to ask yourself this question is who am I really who is my real self who am I actually you need to ask yourself this question a lot of the people that are in the world that are angry and judgmental and abusive and violent and shut off and closed off and suicidal and all these things all of the all of these people they've lost themselves they've lost themselves you know my treatment center is called good heart recovery and the premise is that everyone has a good heart it just gets masked by so many things that we go through in our lives and so many things that we should go through in our lives that we don't like family dinners and deep hugs and apologies and validation and empathy and true connection with our family and real acceptance we deserve to figure out who we really are and that's what the process of reparenting is because from the moment that we are born we are brought into an environment and we are we are born in terms of nature and we immediately begin getting nurtured we immediately begin acclimating to our environment and becoming used to the languages and the beliefs and the preferences and the systems and the thoughts and the emotions and the permissions and the boundaries and the rules and the laws and and the dreams and the aspirations and all of these things were, were automatically exposed to other people's ideas of what's right and what's wrong and how we should take care of ourselves and how we should take care of our environment and what's important and what's not important and you deserve to reparent yourself in this way you deserve to take a look at how much water you want to drink how healthy you want to eat how much sex you want to have what sex wants what you want sex to mean to you how how stable you want your shelter to be how clean you want your house to be how long you want to stay in one job or switch jobs how much money you want to make what you want money to mean to you how you want to love yourself how you want to love other people who you want to love with permission to love whoever the hell it is that you want and to belong to a community and to to believe in yourself and to have other people believe in you and to find who you really are reparenting yourself is teaching yourself about yourself and unlearning the shit that isn't working for you anymore it's unlearning those conditioned habitual patterns that may be driving you completely fucking crazy that may make you sitting there in an existential crisis experiencing existential dread and existential anxiety every day of your life feeling lost and confused and wondering how the hell you got to where you are. This process of reparenting is a review. And I really want you to consider that your parents were not your only parents, okay? 
I want you to consider that your whole family was a parent and your school system was a parent and your society was a parent and humanity in general was a parent and the laws and the rules and your neighborhood and your church and your soccer leader, they were all your parents. And you have to take a look at what is making you live your life the way that you're currently living it. And why are you living it that way? So it's, it's really important. And I think the reason that I got so emotional, I guess it just makes me emotional again right away, is, is I love who I am. And if it makes you emotional to hear that, for whatever reason, I just want you to know that that's okay. Like, if hearing me say that I love myself for who I am makes you happy because that's how you feel too, then congratulations on your work. It certainly must not have been easy to get to where you are today. And for those of you who get emotional when you hear me say that I love myself for who I am because you don't feel that way today, I want to give you permission in this moment to accept that you will be there one day and that it's not your fault that you are where you are today. The process of reparenting is giving yourself permission to not take on all of the fault to not take on all of the blame or all of the guilt because we are all connected. Every system that's been created by human beings, the money system, the school system, the the vocational system, our own family system, all of it, it's all played a role. Everyone and everything in your life has played a role and you are not, even though you have to be the ignition and the starting point the one that says i am ready to get to a place where i am self-actualized where i am my actual self and where i am i have self-realized and where i know the real me in order to get to that place you have to give yourself permission and you have to say i'm ready to look at it all now if you have been through anything in your life it's it's important that you don't go on this journey on your own and the reason for that is it's important to get co-regulation. It's important to get out of your own head and, and have someone else be a witness and an observer and a contributor to your healing. And that's what therapy is. But you don't have to necessarily do it with a therapist, depending upon how your life is. You know, if you have anxiety or trauma or depression or suicidality or anger or addiction or eating disorders or obsessive compulsive disorder or a personality disorder or an, an eating disorder of various different kinds, then, then you're going to want to work with someone because it's very intricate and it's all interconnected. And, and going through this process of reparenting, it can be very triggering, you know, you can feel resentment and you can feel let down and, and, and you can feel like you just don't want to do it anymore like it may feel like there's no way out and I'm telling you that I am in all the systems that you are in I have a family I have a government I have a country I have a planet very similar to yours in some way or another 
I still struggle with, with all of my needs. I still struggle with all of them. And, and you know, honestly, it's easiest to address self-actualization and self-realization because for me in that area, it was never altered by something negative. So for me, it sort of feels like an escape. Like I can push forward with that and know that, that that's all mine. But there's so much shit in all of the other areas that I've accumulated from other people that I've attached to or that I've been averted to that I've been conditioned and, and that I've created habits from that it's just messy and it's still hard, you know? 25 years of the bad habits and the conditioned responses and the lack of space between myself and my impulses makes it really difficult. I'm still reparenting myself. This isn't gonna happen overnight for you guys, but it can happen. And you can become self-motivated and your partner can help you and your friends can help you and your children can help you. You're not a lost cause just because you are an older adult with adult children. Everyone can do this. Everyone deserves to do this. Everyone deserves to look inward and look outward and say what is working and what is not working. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Reparenting should be a right. Reparenting should be something that everyone goes through at least once in their life. So get to it. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as The Truth Doctor. And the truth is, we all need to fucking reparent ourselves.